You are listening to Ask the Oracle, a horary podcast. Ask the Oracle is a different kind of astrology podcast. We are a rotating cast of astro pals who use the ancient art of horary to answer modern life's burning questions. Join us the last Wednesday of each month for your fix of celestial advice. If you have a question you'd like answered on the podcast, please use the link in the bio of our cast members. To hopefully have your question featured on an upcoming episode of Ask the Oracle. In this month's episode, we are joined by Caroline, Christina, Salim, Majd, LJ, and Imani for a conversation about some horary fundamentals and what makes a good question for the tool. And in the second half, Caroline, Christina, Salim, Imani, and Mal answer questions about friends. It's Caroline. And this is Christina. This is Salem. This is Majd. This is LJ. And this is Ivani. Thank you for listening. Wow. <laughs> so we had a listener ask us about how we cast horror charts and like what the process is. I love that question because, you know, one of the reasons we were thinking about doing this podcast is there's just not a lot of info on horary uh, and it's such a useful art and for so many different reasons so I thought we would kind of talk through how does one how does one even begin basically their question was they noticed that in the charts um, there are multiple different locations and we're wondering why is that? Why, why, why would the location matter? How does that affect things with horary? Um, well, like when it comes to the different locations, um, it's mainly about um, where the astrologer is receiving the question. Obviously, we're all in very different locations, and uh, we're looking at, and that's why like the locations are different. So when a querent, whether you yourself are the querent or a, a client is the querent, a friend, whomever is asking the question, that's the, the term, the querent, mm -hmm. ask the question to the astrologer or, and this is, this is like, and we'll talk why this is a little more problematic. You might ask it of yourself. You, you can do, you certainly, certainly can do that. The minute that the astrologer understands the question, is the minute, the hour, horary, that you cast the chart. So wherever the astrologer is, that's where the chart is cast for that minute, that time, that place, because horary is a very, very, very much time bound. And it is about what is happening in this moment, what is happening, you know, in a very specific, discrete amount of time. I want to know why can't you ask the question of yourself and fill up a chart? You can, you definitely can, and we do. But we you'll be cursed forever. No, yes, okay. you'll be cursed forever. The reason why it's a little more iffy is is you have to be really clear about what the question is, and sometimes when you ask it of yourself in your head, you're not forced to articulate it and mm. give that. And, and really think about what is actually your question. Okay. You know, so would you say if somebody asked the question out loud of themselves, would that change things? That would help. That does okay. help. 
I think, I think it, it, whether it's like, I've done things where it's like, I've journaled about it and like, like as if I were asking another person and mm -hmm. then I, then I, I like get to the heart of what the question is mm -hmm. because like some, and cause especially I remember when we were first learning, I asked what Lily calls witless questions. Uh, I love, I, I just, I don't know. I love, I love the, <laughs> the sick burns of the Renaissance. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> these witless questions and I remember like I pulled up a chart asking a question but looking back I couldn't I was like so confused by like what the chart said because my confusion not really having clarified the question was what was reflected in the chart because I didn't know at that time I was early in the learning process that you really need to think about the question because then whatever whatever confusion is in your mind is then that's what the chart shows because that's what's going that's what's actually going on the oracle's like i don't know you know <laughs> like blah <laughs> <clears throat> also when like reading a chart for yourself like your own bias can mm -hmm. can like distort what's like uh been being said by the like uh the chart but, that, but i feel like that's very like specific to situations like it's not a generalized thing you know i don't know yeah 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 i think there are definitely questions where like if you know you're too wrapped up in it get a second opinion <laughs> yep i feel like those are most of my questions is like i'm gonna read this so biased um i have fear uh let's just send it to the group so yeah it is hard but it's hard to step back for yourself i mean it's it's like that for any sort of self-reflection it's difficult to see outside of what you're going through what are other types of questions that can be a little bit more hairy i think one of the things that we've been cautioned about as students of horary is should questions mm -hmm. right because lots of times with should questions you're not it going back to like the articulation of like the point of the question we're talking about should and also oh i remember one of the things we were talking about earlier before was like agency and i think there's agency around saying like what is it that you want and what you're expecting and when we have like should questions it really kind of puts the onus in like someone else kind of making a decision for us yeah, when you start reframing your questions away from should, you get more specific and you start to like prioritize what um, what like your values are, what you're looking for, and it becomes like a lot more clear one for yourself as the person asking the question, but also for the astrologer, because with should questions, there's a lot of assumptions and we're not always working off of the same assumptions or with the same priorities and that's where things will get very muddled and very confused and then it doesn't really give we're in the person asking a question like a lot of a lot of agency to to act afterwards yeah because that agency is incredibly important the horary can say whatever it wants to say but you as an individual can change your mind, can can do a, do another thing based off of the information you get from a, from the horary. It's not like in it, it, the horary is, is totally laying out your fate, right? Agency matters a lot because 
This is just saying like at this moment when you're asking this question, this is probably how things are gonna go. Another thing to, to talk about about questions is like, I, I, I was, you know, talking to someone and they were kind of asking me like, will I ever type questions? It wasn't quite phrased that way, you know, but it was like, they were at, like, say that it was about, it wasn't about a job, but just say it was about a job. Uh, like, you know, they weren't asking like, when will I get another job? It was like, will I ever get a job? It was the type of, uh, it was the question being asked. Uh, and I was just like, I can't pull a horary about that. That's not what horary is. Like mm -hmm. I could pull it and I could tell you if I, if it seems like it's going to happen in the next three months to a year, you know what I mean? But like, I can't ask, answer a will I ever, that is not what horary does. Do you guys agree with that? Or is that sort of just me thinking that way? I, I do. I would say that's way too lofty um, and not time bound, like what we're talking about. Yeah, I think a will I ever question like that is more useful to look at from a natal perspective and not from a horary perspective. Or even tarot, right? You know, we don't need super a lot of timing, but it could give I things don't, like I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Carol answers will I ever questions. I mean, like, I flip you, uh, off. you know I what? Flip. Actually, it, it does. Nice it's not fucking helpful. Okay. Because I've Fair. asked questions Fair. like that. And like, I've been like, I've asked questions hoping because I was invested that it would happen sooner. And like, I got a yes, but it happened so uh, many years in the future yes. that it was not helpful. It did not yep. matter. Yep. Yep. <laughs> But that's terrible. Sorry. <laughs> but even even will I ever questions? It's like what again? Why are you asking that? You know, would then would that be more suited for natal? In this case, I think this person was asking a will I ever question because they know they need to do something and they don't want to do it, and they want like fate to carry them. Mm. Yeah. Validation. Yeah. Yeah. Just the more specific the question, the more specific the answer, you know, you're able to get deep into it if you know what you're searching for. Yeah, the more reliable, like the, the answer will be like the more that you can kind of like, trust it. If it's, um, if it's able to tap into something specific, right, because asking a question is a relationship, like is a dynamic relationship between the querent, the listener, the astrologer. Um, and not just like some open-ended, is this ever going to happen in an undetermined future in a non-specific way? It reminds me of like, it's very legal, very like law, legal, definition, grammar, very different type of astrology in that sense. What is the definition of is, right? <laughs> <laughs> <Of> astrology. <laughs> For listening so far. In this half of the episode, Caroline, Christina, Salim, Imani, and Mel are going to answer questions about friends. Let's talk about friends and friendship today. My friend and this person, O, have been getting quite flirty for a while, but nothing has been happening between them. 
They belong to a group of friends and my friend is worried about how it will affect the dynamic. My friend thinks they are catching feelings, but they, the group, have a big trip planned around the friend's birthday this summer. From what I was told, things seem hot and steamy, LOL. <laughs> Nasty question. <laughs> but I know their perspective of what is happening, which is also on their mind. They are afraid it, the feels, would dissipate after they take initiative and talk to them. So the question is, will getting together with O ruin the group? dynamic all right considerations the ascendant looks good saturn is where you know saturn's where it is <laughs> and then <laughs> the moon is good as well the moon is hot and steamy in aries it's hot and steamy in aries <laughs> it is indeed it is indeed they're like ready to act <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're super ready to act. Meanwhile, oh, oh, on the other hand, is Saturn in Aquarius in the eighth house? Mm -hmm. That is ready to act. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems more like an aloof. There's a little bit of distance. Like things are significantly less hot and steamy for person that the Quarian is thinking about. But like Saturn does kind of like rule over all of those things in Capricorn and Aquarius. It's the ruler of Mars, which rules the moon, you know? So it's like this Saturn has like a lot of power and is kind of removed itself in some way. Yeah. And that to me makes me think because like the, the group dynamic, right, would be the 11th house. Mm -hmm. And that being in the seventh house kind of concerns me mm -hmm. where it's like, like you were saying, Carolyn, about there being so many planets that that Saturn is in charge of. It like makes me think like in the, like, you know, like how in like a friend group, there can be someone who just has like a lot of power in a friend mm -hmm. group that like everybody is like. It's like the unspoken or unofficial boss of the group. Right. Yeah. Like, the you know, the Regina George. Joking. not <laughs> necessarily a mean girl but yeah and so that just makes me think that like the a lot of the friendship dynamic is in that person's hands mm -hmm. yeah or at, like l11 being venus at 29 capricorn conjoined to mars at 29 capricorn there's definitely this feeling of things possibly changing quite imminently right mm -hmm. there's that intensity of like things coming to an end in some kind of way yeah can um, i can i say the big flag here to me is the reception the moon is in saturn's place of a fall oh. and like i just i'm not feeling it i'm not feeling the love yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see this relationship happening. Yeah, Saturn and Uranus um, in the eleventh house are also contra and Tisha. Yeah, that's a big exclamation point. I feel like. Yeah, so it's like whatever kind of happens with the potential partner is going to have like very um, 
strong reverberating effects in the friend group. Yeah. There's no way around that really. And would the moon moving from Saturn to meet up with Mercury, would that be a translation of light? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, based on what that Mercury is ruling, to me, that's like hearing something or I don't know. It's also the 12th house too. But I think that's hearing this gossip because the 12th yeah. house is like, is because I'm looking at the third house is gossip, but the 12th house is like, the kind of malicious gossip that takes you down because mm. it's it's secret enemies and it's not your secret enemies because you don't know who they are it's because they use secret means like spreading rumors and gossip yeah. and you know just back back chatter so i i will second that hearing things business mm-hmm. yeah it just seems kind of messy mm. All right. I think our too long didn't read of this is don't do it. <laughs> long story short, don't do it. You know, you shouldn't do it. You probably already did it. That, um, you know, or do it because, you know, life gives you lessons, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> this will be a lesson. <laughs> yeah. So, but I, yeah. I was going to say like the word ruin is like subject, like will it ruin the friend group? Like maybe not, but like it probably won't, would be kind of messy, you know? So decide if you want to make a mess. And so our next oops, one is, I met my friend Jay early in college. Very quickly, I became really close with them and then their partner M. We hung out constantly for years. Then towards the end, a few weird little conflicts arose between M and I that left a bad taste in my mouth, but were never really addressed. Haven't talked much since then, but I do miss them and we have many close mutual friends. Should I attend um, their wedding or was it a pity invite and am I better off moving on and avoiding that situation? So the question is, should I go to my friend's wedding in the fall? Um, The question was asked on May 17th, 2022 at 5.51 p.m. in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. These friendship questions are good. (laughs) I just want to say that. (laughs) Yeah, so very early ascendant. Oh, yeah. it's like literally zero. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> what do we make of that? Let's, let's take a look at the current, like, and why is this early? Curious. Well, the querent is Mars, uh, very closely conjoining Neptune and Pisces mm. in the fifth. Mm. Yeah, this Pardon? signals like a lot of confusion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like things are so murky. There's a lot of different, you know, players kind of like influencing how this person is like thinking or feeling. Um, And it just feels really unclear. And that could be why the ascendant is early. Like maybe there needs to be like a little bit more time or a little bit more space to see things clearly or different kind of information to come in. Yeah. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, because part of the part of the question was, is this a pity invite, right? There's a, there's a sense that and that they're not actually truly wanted at the wedding. Right. Mm-hmm. And I definitely say with Mars and Neptune, it can be easy to like not be very clear about intentions. Also, like the posting the moon is like coming up into going to square like that doesn't feel very like I to go back to the word that you used Caroline like it just seems very like murky what do you make of like the moon in the second house um Mar well I'll say this to the long way to answer that like the Mars is in the fifth house so it's kind of like I just want to have a good time right like <laughs> is the kind of general kind of like concern or desire that I'm thinking the clearance has and so like the moon is like if you believe that like you're being like pitied like why would you want to spend like your time money and resources on a place that (laughs) you don't feel welcome so it's like in my mind it makes me think like a weighing of like okay if I'm going like what is the reason to go because like are the costs gonna outweigh like the benefit mm, whatever right Mm mm-hmm yeah and with mars neptune i also always something that i always think about is like a sacrifice Mm. that needs to be made right like mars and pisces is also a little bit of like that martyr complex like oh i'll (laughs) be the bigger person i'll do this but with neptune there it's like you may be doing something and you don't necessarily know why or what the end result will be and it's just like a give and give until maybe there isn't anything left so we spend a lot of time on the quarant I'm curious to look at the friends Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if we could look at to separate m and j right that's those were the the initials we're giving is like j uh l11 because they seem like the actual friend, a friend. Mm-hmm. And then the friend's partner would be derived, the derived seventh from the 11th. So the um, radical mm-hmm. fifth. Yeah, so the ra- would be the radical fifth. And um, to kind of just, just tease out between, between the two, because I do want to treat them as individuals, you know, rather than as a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seeing where it stands. What's really Whoa. wild is like so the radical eleventh and the radical fifth. So the significators of the two people getting married are mutually applying to each right. other. My <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. sextile. It's like it's just a very cute astrology thing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, they getting eloped. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's interesting where they each are though because like one is in the eighth house and the other is in the fifth. So like, I'm wondering if like the clearant has a better relationship with one of, or maybe this was something that was mentioned in the, mm. the outline of the question, like a better relationship with one of them than the other, mm-hmm. where it's like- uh, it's I like, just signed L11J, who was the okay. original friend. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the partner of J is M, who was, well the partner and that's the person where there was like some weirdness that happened okay yeah i think it's interesting that the partner is ruled by the current Mm -hmm. so like maybe the the current has like a bit of 
like an upper hand when it comes to the situation well they're both ruled by each other like it you know yeah. mars is in jupiter's sign jupiter's in mars sign mm -hmm. yeah. do you think that signifies the unresolved tension like that things just kind of left on a weird note yeah and it's interesting because neptune is between them I wonder if either of them really knows why things left off in a weird note right like, you know and it just kind of continues the weirdness mm -hmm. and for no real reason that you can pinpoint right like a kind of like a thing where like you have like a maybe like a weird falling out with someone you're like what was this even about mm -hmm. but like it's still kind of crunchy and weird kind yeah. of thing yeah and and Regarding the original friend, Jay, who is, who is uh, in this chart signified by Mercury, mm -hmm. um, retrograde in Gemini in the eighth house. Like, I, I feel like they're like, like it really is about like this weird tension with them. Mm -hmm. Kind of getting mm -hmm. to the, the bottom of that. And we can look at the chart. And I wonder if it is worth it to go just to resolve that. And have an opportunity to resolve that and kind of be like or will this go sort of crunchy weird the way the person's mm -hmm. fearing it will you yeah. know or I is it important to resolve the weirdness before going mm -hmm. where it's like should you should i go to the wedding like it's too soon to know because maybe there's something else to work out beforehand yeah. may also be something yeah as well Mercury retrograde in Gemini, it feels very much like stuck in the middle of something. Mm. So like this friend is like stuck in the middle between like the querent who asked the question mm. and maybe the, and their partner. And um, I agree with Amani, like I probably wouldn't advise them to go to the wedding to resolve this. This might be something to try to like get to the bottom of before the wedding to see if if you are able to resolve it if now it actually feels good to celebrate this this union mm. and I think to that like all of the planets are like mutually applying to each other so it's like they're it seems like to me at least because that is something that's kind of like on the horizon like there may be like an opportunity like for you know to directly kind of like seek to find some sort of resolution or at least kind of get very clear about things so mercury meets up with jupiter first right um and then let me see yeah and then a quite a while later once do once mercury goes back into taurus so makes a sign change meets up with mars it sextiles mars Mm -hmm. So maybe that being said, like it's best to reach out to Jay first. Yes. Mm -hmm. Although Mars and Jupiter are like mutually, they're in mutual reception, basically Jay being in the eighth house. To me, like in the love, in the areas of like priorities of like concern and worry, it's mm -hmm. like there, I don't know if like the querent feels like a, a certain amount of stress about like the person they were originally friends with feeling maybe like uncertain or unsure about maybe how that person feels yeah that 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 makes sense yeah yeah um because like there was never like any conflict with jay you know what i mean but just mm -hmm. 
by the you know domino effect or whatever um they were also affected somehow i guess um yeah right so it sounds like too early to tell if she should go to the wedding need to talk to jay first that's yeah the summary of of um the situation to kind of see if we can kind of resolve a little see if they can resolve a little bit of the situation with them that's where we're standing yes yeah all right so there we go um on to our last chart my friends aren't listening to me they want to book a trip out of town and are in a rush despite the fact that mercury is stationing retrograde right now how will this work out for us um, and this question was at 12.50 p.m. on January 13th in Washington, D.C. Oh, did I read the background and not the question? The actual you... question is, will this trip my friends are planning, despite my advice to wait to book until after Mercury retrograde, work out well? Okay. <laughs> when astrology people ask a hurry question. <laughs> <laughs> So we welcome we welcome astrology people asking horary questions. Yes, like super <laughs> specific things like yeah. <laughs> going retrograde tomorrow. What will happen? You know. So we considerations. Saturn's in the tenth. Yeah. Mm. What does that typically indicate again? It's like a warning to the astrologer's reputation to proceed <laughs> <laughs> so our entire career is well unless in the hands of answering this question correctly I'm yeah sorry. so it's it's really only like a consideration if it doesn't make sense for saturn to be in the 10th in this chart All right let's see is there anything else no the ascendant is in at 21 degrees yeah the moon is okay let's keep saturn in the 10th in mind as we, as we proceed, but let's proceed. So the current is Venus in retrograde in Capricorn. <laughs> in the ninth house, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're, re they're really re thinking about like this trip. <laughs> retrogrades. Retrogrades. <laughs> and they are combust. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah by fun which is <laughs> the, the fifth house it's the fourth house too <laughs> oh, best so by fun. fun that's my favorite yeah. thing now <laughs> friends are saturn in the town yeah that would be their derived 12. yeah mm -hmm. and i think that kind of speaks to how the queer is like beware you know what i mean like there's something brewing in the background <laughs> Mm -hmm. um but also maybe there's not there's something that they're not seeing it's funny like you said beware and like mercury is right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah just sneaking up on them like yeah what is saturn, saturn is, saturn is literally everything uh, it is the trip it is the friends yeah like and then it's ruling the querents like saturn is very present in this chart like saturn and aquarius especially with mercury so close doesn't seem like an impulsive saturn and and also a co-significator because pisces is intercept the 11th 
for mm -hmm. the friends is also Jupiter and Pisces. I the trip's gonna be fine. I think it's funny how we were talking about like the Mercury kind of creeping up. Like the Mercury is not getting any closer to Saturn. Like it's yeah. about to this is about to turn retrograde. So even just like kind of yeah. like metaphorically, it's like it's it's gonna be fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I think our too long didn't read of this is all will be well. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. That's up. We're good. <laughs> and scene. <laughs>you for listening let us know what you think by following our cast members on instagram and sharing your commentary if you have a question check out the links in their instagram bios to submit and hopefully be featured on an upcoming episode ask the oracle is published the last wednesday of every month join us then for your fix of celestial advice